0: Hurry, me to your Welcome to the Bedpost Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Erin Pym. Here at the podcast, what I like to do is bring super fun and sexy guests into the studio to have a more in-depth conversation about sex and sexuality with me. Uh, This week, I've got a super special guest. I'm actually on location at his studio. What? (laughs) Andrew Gerza. Hi. up? so nice to talk to you again. (laughs) You too. Yeah, you're another guest that I've had on like... Fucking years uh, It's uh, If I have any regrets It's that It's been so goddamn so long. long But things have
1: Things are going Anyway
0: I <laughs> 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 Introduce me Oh shut up <laughs> Why don't you Introduce yourself uh, let, Tell the people Who you are And what you do Andrew Hi
1: post listeners My name is Andrew Gerza I am a disability Awareness consultant Critical content creator The host of Like Three failed podcasts and two <laughs> and two ones that are still going. Like I host uh, the Disability After Dark podcast, all about sex and disability. I host a new one that I just launched last week, when I was a disabled kid about disability in childhood. Yeah, uh, I do all things. I'm a content creator around disability.
0: Yeah, um, new podcast, you say?
1: Just launch it like. Yesterday, well yesterday actually, upon this recording Amazing! Um, and I wanted to talk about dis- disability childhood So I find disabled adults and say Hey, tell me how your disability impacted your childhood Yeah That's literally the one question I ask And I say, okay, tell you, go, go ahead and tell me your stories Because we don't ever hear those stories yeah. From disabled adults about their histories and their childhoods And so I wanted to do something that was And I just wanted to do something that wasn't about sex Right. Like I wanted to do Like every other yeah, part of your life. Yeah. yeah I'm so the same way. Yeah. I wanted to do something totally different. Yeah. And totally out of my wheelhouse to be, you know, sexy and fun. To that sounds weird. To, to,
0: to not <laughs> to, to not be sexy. Yeah, to not I wanted to do
1: something that wasn't that was that was like I'm I'm a skilled podcaster ish
0: now, I guess. So yes. I wanted oh to my do god. Something
1: that was would bring a different audience in.
0: Yeah. Um, okay, so as like a disability consultant. Crippled content creator. I love
1: it making fun to say when people say, say that. Cripple, again, yeah. Say crippled, yeah. They don't know what to do. And they're just like, oh
0: god. Uh, why? I guess to start. Uh, why do you identify the way you identify?
1: Because I don't give a fuck what people like. i honestly like that's not true. I do I do give lots of fucks all the time. So many, so much in you. too
0: many. But, but I mean,
1: I think that this identity piece for me is really important because we so often sanitized disability. We whitewash it. We clean it up for a pretty non-disabled audience to feel comfortable emotions. Yeah, and I'm like, fuck you. I don't want you to feel comfortable. You need to sit in your discomfort and own that for a little bit. And so, yeah. and I, it's, a, it's a sense of empowerment for me. So I refer to myself as a queer, cripple, cripple content creator because I'm like, fuck you. You can If I use that language, you can't hurt me. Yeah. If I use it before you do, and I own it and I reclaim it for myself. No, I wouldn't go out in the street and start yelling, Hey, Cripple, what up? Like, that's not how I... I mean, I would. (laughs) I mean, you could. I I could, (laughs) but I I wouldn't because I respect other people's uh, choices.
0: Are you able to tell people maybe the point when you realized this was an important thing for you to do and that you're going to do it?
1: Yeah, when I was severely depressed in 2012 and didn't feel like I had a purpose. And I was like, I want to work, and I want a job, and I want to do, but I don't. I cannot physically adhere to a nine to five job. Accessibility in the regular job market sucks. Yeah. Plus, I'm horny all the time, and no one's talking about that. <laughs> so, like, those two things, I wanted to put together, and I was like, I, I really, like I'm queer, and I, I suck a lot of dude dick. So, I, <laughs> dude dick. So, I okay, what's known as dude it's, dick? Well, it's, that's also because some people who have penises are not dudes. Yeah. So. <laughs> and so I suck a lot of dude dick. Yeah. And I wanted to incorporate all those things. And so for years I tried to, I tried to start something like when I was starting and everybody was telling me like, oh this is not a real job, like this is a hobby, like this is pretend you need to have a real job and you need to make real money and I was like, Why can't I? Like what? So I was really depressed and I was done school, I had been, I had all this education, I was overeducated and underpaid. Right. And I had gone to all these seminars to find work and everybody told me no this isn't a real job and I, one day I was sitting at the computer and I was like I'm gonna just, I'm gonna just email up some, mag- some magazines and say I wanna write for you can I write for you mm-hmm. so I emailed HuffPost back before they paid and said like hey I'm queer and disabled do you anybody writing for you regularly about that and they said no and I was like great here's five pitches like literally it took me an hour I was like here's what did you write about the very first one I wrote about was the, like the shittiest worst day, like worst date I ever had as a disabled person and how the guy was Super like ableist and said horrible things about my body and I asked where my nurse was and I basically recounted all my stories that I had never gotten to tell anybody and I was like I'm gonna put it in an article and make it funny and try to make it like try to make people laugh and put it out there in the in, the, in media and I was, and poof was a big deal yeah. so yeah. They, they said sure and they said we're not gonna pay you but I was like I don't care like I want I literally at that point was like exposure is great whatever you can give me like sure. So that kind of kinda of propelled me into what I'm doing now. And then I was then I made a card and I said, okay, I guess I'm a disability awareness consultant. <laughs> I like, guess. I, like I stole <laughs> that from some, some website I saw. I was like, that's great. I <laughs> like that. So I stole it from somebody and then when people asked me like what why do you call yourself that? Because mostly that was talking about people who labeled themselves an awareness consultant were like, I'm doing accessibility and I was like, Oh fuck accessibility. I want to talk about how disability feels. Yeah. I really want to talk about the emotional side, like, the sexy side. And I want to prove that, yeah, we can have sex too, but I want to be really clear and really blunt and really kind of dirty about it. Yeah. And I feel like... And then that was seven years ago. Now and Now I just... This is what I do. Like, I just... I'm totally self-produced. Yep. Because I needed money and I needed to feel... Like, I had a purpose, and I didn't until I started doing this, and then...
0: Before you wrote that article, did you, have you ever seen an article like that anywhere before?
1: I'm sure there were articles like that before. I had never seen them, so it was a big deal to see my byline and have felt. Like, I remember the day seeing that, being like, oh my god, that's my name with my picture <laughs> in a real publication that people are really gonna read. What? And, like, I had people, like, I've had people over the years when I've written for other outlets, send me like mail that they didn't like, send me things critique it, but I'm like, good, I hit a nerve. Like I'm I did my job. Yeah. My job got was got a pre- reaction. Yeah. My job was to present a thing. I don't write so much anymore because sitting down to find words is tough. I do I, I do a lot more podcasting yes. If I can ramble and stumble and be awkward and like <laughs> that can be recorded and then it's easier. Like if I really want to cut it out, I can cut it out. But yeah. I don't have to think of the proper prose I can just say the thing and be like, oh, I said this, oh, I'm sorry, like, <laughs> so podcasting for me actually has become a much more accessible medium yeah. than I ever thought it would. People have told me to get a YouTube channel, people have said, oh, yeah, start a YouTube channel, I'm like, do you know what's fucking working? Do you that know, is, yeah. Like, oh, I can get yeah. a mic, I can get, like, I'm talking to your, like, blue, blue Yeti snowball mic, yeah, yeah, snowball mic right now, I can do that, that's yeah. easy enough to do, I can get a... I can buy some server time and do... A, there's a podcast. Like, that's basically how it started, because I was like, that's really accessible to me. Yeah. I don't need anything for that. I need, like, a little bit of hardware and a little bit of, like, editing savvy, none of which I... Like, I have hardware, but I have no <laughs> editing savvy whatsoever. Whatever.
0: You can get people to do it for you, and you can... Yeah. Whatever. Just post it as yeah. is. Who cares? It's a live it's recording. recording. There you go. People want to ask. So, <laughs> so, no, but
1: I, I started doing it because I was like, I want to talk about all this stuff, but... I don't see disability-related podcasts anywhere. And so I was like, I'm going to be one of the
0: first. Let alone disability and sex intersecting.
1: There's, like, literally, there's There's nothing And And
0: queerness. Yeah. It's, like, so many. There's,
1: me and there's Kirsten Schultz from the Chronic Sex Podcast. And those are the two of us that really focus on specifically that stuff. Yeah. Other than that, I don't, I haven't seen.
0: What was some of the first things you started talking about?
1: Oh wow. Um, Oh wow. The
0: very first thing. Like, Like, do you know what your first episode was about? Yeah, well,
1: the first episode was like, hey, my name's
0: Andrew. You are right in it. I want to do a sex podcast. But like. (laughs) You're interviewing for the job still. (laughs) The second one is like. Is this okay? I can do this. Then I'm doing this.
1: (laughs) The second one was like, like, looking at myths of sex and disability. So, like, do Hmm. you have a sex drive? And me, and I didn't have at that point. I didn't have a fancy mic. I wasn't. I wasn't as polished as I am right now. which right. is hilarious because I'm not <laughs> at all polished even now. But I had. No seriously, I had an Apple headphone mic ta- attached to like my my Apple Mac. Yeah. And that was my recording. There. There you go. <laughs> you're listening back to it now, it's
0: the shittiest
1: <laughs> recording. Oh, I
0: think we all cringe listening back to it's our first episode. Painful. We seriously. all. T-
1: cr- yeah. But I love it because. <laughs> I, I've also heard the growth in those earlier episodes where I would say things like "guys." I would say things that are super gendered, and I right. and then people would would gently call me in and say, "Hey, can you maybe like change your change the language around this?" So as the show goes, I've really I've listened to myself and I listen back once twice to make sure the editing is okay. But I listen and I hear like that I don't say "guys." That I'll say like "them" or "they," and I'll be yeah, a lot more folks and yeah, yeah. That are, so I've I've seen it grow and I've seen my interest in it grow, and I love talking to other people who are. Disabled in different ways than me. I mean, yeah. So yeah, the first few were clunky and they still are. Like I'm 107 episodes in right now, being nice. like, Ooh, "What am I gonna talk about next week?" Yeah, I don't yeah, know. yeah, yeah, Fuck. Yeah.
0: Um, I love how you sit instead of calling out, you say softly, "Calling in." <laughs> love that because. I cause you. Uh, y- I don't mean, be
1: wrong. Sometimes people need to fucking call up. Yeah. <laughs> but for the most part, if I like you, and if I respect what you do, I'm gonna gently call you in. Yeah. And be like, hey, let's have a discussion about this. Yeah. Um, and also that applies to like dudes I like. Like, if I want to suck your dick, I'm gonna call you in and be like, yo, don't be any lizard or a sex. <laughs> right. But like. <laughs> yeah. Was even? You didn't even get into your question. I just like I. I <laughs> I railroaded it. I didn't (laughs) even ask a (laughs) question.
0: I railroaded it so hard. Okay, what do people need to know if we're talking about like basic, basic first step stuff? What What do people need to know about sex and disability?
1: Generally, or to fuck me. (laughs)
0: Let's go with to fuck you.
1: Just fuck me, you need to know that you better fucking kiss me in the mouth or I'm you can leave my house. Um, and also, like, you better be comfortable calling me a cripple during our sex. You better be comfortable making hilariously inappropriate disability jokes because. No, but really, because it shows me that you understand that this is a part of who I am. Yeah. And don't remove it from the sex we're having because you can't. And, so, and you're a
0: funny guy, so let's have fun. And that, like, I mean, this should be
1: fun. Like,. Yeah. like so much of sexuality and disability discussions are clinical, right. and like, how does somebody with a disability have sex? Oh my god, the shock. Like, there's <laughs> The no,
0: shock and all.
1: There's no shock to it anymore. Like, I mean, by the same token, I mean, I know that Dick would just sitting right now, and, and we just recorded his episode, like, I don't know when the fuck our dudes were airing, but we just did it <laughs> five seconds ago. So you were talking earlier really about kinks, and one of my kinks yeah. is like, it's like, let, like, let's, I want you to I want you to be uncomfortable around my disability a little bit Nice. I, I super duper get off and the dude's like I've never been with a disabled guy before I'm like ding, ding. <laughs> <laughs> like great and when they think they have I like, get turned off like oh <laughs> boo <laughs> oh, I don't want you because no I want them to I want them to see that you're gonna like and even if they have I'll say back to them like oh you haven't fucked the best one like <laughs> Let me know. So (laughs) So I mean like the thing that they need to know is that this is a part of (laughs) This is a part of our (laughs) So good (laughs) This is a part of our sex I mean you have to embrace it because (laughs) I'm running through my head terrified the whole time with a guy really even if I like them even if we're friends I was with somebody the other day and we fucked a bunch and I like them a lot but I'm terrified really I'm like my disability's gonna get in the way Mm. the whole time these tapes are playing so when I use humor it's a part it's a way of me being like testing (laughs) (laughs) testing their comfort to see have I crossed the line have I pushed the boundary are they gonna leave are they comfortable Watching them to see how, like, and even before the sex, if I'm texting before we hook up, like, I'm making just disability jokes, I'm saying things like, want to play with my joystick, I'm making those jokes to <laughs> see how far I can take it before you get uncomfortable for me to decide, do I really want to spend all this time teaching you? Yeah. Or should I just call it a night and be done with it? Yeah. Um, but to, the thing they have to know is that I'm also a really emotional guy, like, I play around with it, but I'm also, if I fuck you, it means a big deal. And it's a privilege to, to, for me to bring you into my sling. And yes. To, into my, like, all the things. And I don't mean sex sling. I mean, like, disability-related yes. shit. But, like, all that stuff, for me to show you all that and spend all that time teaching you that t- to spend that hour and a half with me or two hours of sex, it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. So I don't really do one night anymore.
0: Me neither. I'm, the, I'm right there with you. Like, like not to equate what I do with what you do but I mean just the thought
1: remains though I mean
0: yeah like like just to teach the person about my body and what gets me off and what how I receive pleasure and what sensations I enjoy it's like it's a lot of it can be a lot it's of so work much
1: emotional labor that I yes. don't have the energy for with I, a I,
0: new like, person so it's like yeah if I'm gonna do, you want to know beforehand you know if it's worth all the fucking yeah, work I've
1: worked with, with sex workers I've done all that stuff around my disability and I Make a point of like, if we're going to do this, we're going to have a regular thing. I don't know how regular it'll be, but a regular-ish. Yeah. So that by the time you're here, you know things, we've talked, there's a comfortability where I don't have to, I don't have to hold your hands with the whole thing. So that by session two or three, we're good. We're
0: good. Yeah, I'm the same way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm okay to, for it to, like, I'm not expecting it to be everything to be perfect the first no, time or anything.
1: No, it's clunky and weird for us to laugh <laughs> at each other and for it to be uncomfortable <laughs> as fuck. And, like I, I, like, I said, I get off on that. So, like, I'm, <laughs> I get off on awkward, on dudes who are, like, who, especially people who are, like, oh, your disability doesn't doesn't bother me. And then they walk into the reality And of they're, like, whoa. And, yeah, like, whoa. Like, I love that. Because I'm, like, oh, did your mind get blown Oh
0: oh, oh no, I just blow your mind? Like, oh, sorry, sweetie.
1: But I also enjoy like I'm I'm subby. Like I like I like being submissive to. And this is going to sound super ableist and horrible. I know what I'm about to say. <laughs> I like it when an able-bodied guy takes care of me. I mean, I, that sounds really gross saying it out loud. Mm-hmm. But in the moment with somebody, it's like I can let go of all these. I don't have to direct you. I can just relax. Okay? I,
0: I mean, I'm the same way in that it, and it's not great for me to say it either. Just being a subby female, it seems so cliche. It's it seems like, so, bleh, yeah. It's you know, like this. it's like, I, I want a daddy to get, take care of me. I want to feel small. But I actually do. But I actually I do. do. Like, so,
1: yeah. I really want, <clears> and <throat> I had, to, I was with somebody recently and they, we got into some like pressure plague and I was so into it because I was like, I don't have to think. I can just, I, I just react. And for a disabled person to, like, given all the internalized ableism and ableism that we are, we are encountering, and for anybody listening, it's like, what the fuck's ableism? Ableism is, like, <laughs> discrimination against disabled people, and it happens in sexual spaces so much because we're afraid of it, and people will ask inappropriate questions about our bodies during sex, they'll expect things from us, they'll say things afterwards during sex that are like, oh, mm. why did you... Why why'd
0: you ruin it? Why'd you get us... Why...
1: I don't know where I'm going.
0: That's all right. Let's go back to yeah. what people have to do to fuck you. So whoa, we're still on question <laughs> one. Okay. Uh, uh,
1: so,
0: uh, so okay, uh, you're kind of talking about like so texting like, and stuff beforehand. Yeah. How much like dialogue is happening beforehand? Like, well,
1: it's tough because some people have told me that I'm I'm a little bit emotionally needy, which I'm fully aware of. <laughs> and so if I like you <laughs> and I want you to get to you know me, I will. I will like blow up your phone a little bit (laughs) so it's me learning to like it's i'm learning recently uh, working with some sex workers to like no you can't no don't it doesn't mean they don't like you it doesn't mean you're not you're not gonna do the thing it doesn't mean you've done anything wrong i we've talked earlier in in the last one we recorded about shame a little bit yes i have and i'm obviously have to put these together because i've i've Called them in together way too much at least you have no have to go back to <laughs> um, but so you know shame like I get ashamed of like I'm <coughs> seen as too much or too needy or too too wanting to be involved if I like somebody especially if especially if there's somebody that I'm physically attracted to I want to be their best friend right away because I want to I want to find that comfortability so in working with sex workers I'm teaching myself to like no you're not necessarily the best of friends they're friendly when they're here. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to put it in a little box and not think about it for the week. But on the times when it's time to do this, it's okay.
0: Yeah. but Be in the moment when you're in the moment.
1: But That's really hard for me as a disabled person because we're so often isolated from not, not even sexually, just friend groups, just, just mm-hmm. relationships. You're mm-hmm. isolated. So when I see somebody who is part of the group that I want to be a part of, like most people in the village are, White cisgender attractive gay men. Mm-hmm. That's like like not everywhere because how do I word this? I love everyone, but unfortunately, our community has prioritized these bodies, and so I see these bodies as things that I want to aspire to. And if I'm friends with them, maybe I'll get to suck more dick. And so I want to be a part of those. <laughs> I want dude, to be dick. Part of it. Yeah, dude, dick. I want to be a part of those <laughs> communities so much that I really elevate. Particular bodies over others, sure. and so learning to like you don't have to text them right now. It's okay, like teaching myself boundaries because my my view on boundaries is that I don't have them because <laughs> no, but I personally don't have them because everybody imposes their boundaries on me. Right. So if somebody's uncomfortable with my disability, there's a boundary. If somebody doesn't want me to text them too much because I'm too needy, which goes back to you're too dis you're disabled and you need too much mm. that's the boundary they put on me so when it comes to hey andrew what are your boundaries i'm like oh, i don't i
0: like they put enough that i don't yeah, need to have any i don't want to have any
1: but uh. it's giving myself positive boundaries where it's like it's okay to not text this person every to every like couple hours and so like if they don't respond it doesn't mean they hate you like but no really the getting over that shame and that ableism that is so deeply entrenched in me, mm-hmm. and it's weird that this is all coming out right now, but the more I think about it, the more it's, like, happening. Um, it's so deeply entrenched because I'm not supposed to be needy. I'm supposed to be grateful, and, uh, and, like, oh, wow, I have all the things I need, and I'm disabled, and I'm supposed to be grateful, and I'm supposed to be pitiful, and I'm supposed to be all these things. But I can't... I'm, and especially because I'm a queer male... I'm a queer cisgender male who is you know has some privilege I'm not allowed to be needy I'm not allowed to show you that because I'm supposed to be strong and I'm supposed to overcome but what if like I don't so so
0: and I mean the extra layer I'm sure is there that we all have that we feel like you know no one can love us that you know we feel like we're not good enough. We feel like all those things, it's all tied in together. Yeah.
1: It's totally tied in.
0: Yeah. Yeah. When you're waiting for that text back or whatever, it's like all that's dropping in. (laughs) Like to all of us, we're all our fear is that we're going to be alone. Right. Like, yeah. yeah. Damn
1: those fucking text, text dots. Those like three dots. Those those are replying. Yeah. They're like, are they typing? Or do they just (laughs) fuck style? What the fuck is happening? Oh no. (laughs)
0: Is there something someone can say to, like, totally turn you off, like, just in the texting process, or, like, have you been totally, I'm sure you, you've I think, shut it down before it even I think when happens. we use
1: words, like, courageous, that's the problem. Ooh, when yeah. we start using words, like, inspirational, when we start using words, like, when we start using sentences, like, I had somebody on the apps the other day tell me that, oh, I, I said hi, how are you, that's literally how I, what I started with. And I got back three paragraphs, three sentences about how, oh, I don't think I could be with somebody in the wheelchair just for a one-off. And I was like,
0: okay. oh. Didn't ask. All right, like,
1: cool, I said hello.
0: And tell people why is that problematic.
1: Because it's like, because then you expect me to either go, okay, no problem, or to sit with your ableism and not, I, I like, you can say it and then run away from the keyboard, but I have to see what you wrote. Mm-hmm. And it's problematic because, like, for, uh, for me as a disabled person that I can't access the bars and I can't, like, dick was saying a few days ago, like, come to this club. No, 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 no. It's like, I can't because like, yep. not accessible. And so, like, I can't access the bars and I can't do any of that. <laughs> and so, like... But my point is that, like, the apps are where all these relationships happen. So everything is heightened because the apps are where everything happens for me. So when somebody says in the ableist there, it's like, oh, well, why am I... On Grinder, why am I on Scruff? Why am I doing this with these apps mm-hmm. when there can be such toxic places? Also, though, they can be really positive places because I get to like my app names are right now. Hun Gimp is my name <laughs> on on all my like sex apps because I think it's I'm just it's funny and like I don't like I just don't fucking care what you think because. I know what I am I know what it means and if you want to like let's be honest about it if you're gonna get down with me you're gonna see that I'm really disabled so why pretend
0: yeah what about your intersection with with being queer with being disabled I know you've got a story your narrative of your life is like that you don't you have felt like you don't fit in with either group yeah and that's essentially kind of what also led you on this path of, like, you know, bring those two things together. Yeah. Um, and with sex as well. And with fucking. So, is that something that you still struggle to... Oh, yeah. Yeah? To bring I, together? I never
1: feel like I'm... And I also, like, I never feel like I'm connected to either group. Yeah. Even now. even, even People know who I am professionally, and they want to book me for their life diversity talks yeah but nobody wants to fuck me afterwards you want to have me come in and do a one-hour lecture on why sex and disability is amazing which I'm happy to do give me the dollars thank you very much <laughs> but like afterwards if I'm like hey want to go to the bar and like try all the things I just talked about people are like oh yeah um no
0: where's the what? why the disconnect do you because think I
1: think it's I think it's safer to talk about disability in... An
0: objective. In As you were saying, like, in a clinical... It's yeah. talked about in a clinical way.
1: It's sex... It's easier to talk about it in abstractions than it is to be like, hey, want to talk about it for real? Like, want to really go be a sexual person with me right now? Yeah,
0: come flirt with me right yeah. now.
1: And, like, people don't know how to do that. But... And they want me for their diversity box. And i like, listen, I'll take all your diversity money off. Like, sure thing. <laughs> but I also, like... I also get really exhausted and really frustrated. Like, I'll, I'll do talks. Where for an hour after the talk, I'll be like, oh, I, I, go, I get really depressed because I'm like, I just did all that and I'm still here alone in my apartment alone. Yeah. And I just did all that and I talked about how great I am and I flirted with the audience and I did my job, but I'm still sitting here in my apartment alone without people to come fuck me unless I'm, unless I'm hiring a sex worker or working with, like, which I'm, which again, I have the agency and the, the resources to do that. Mm-hmm. A lot of us don't. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, you never really know if the person's there because they genuinely want to be there, or they're there just because you're paying them. Mm-hmm. And as a disabled person, I would like to have sexual experiences where it's like, you genuinely want to suck my dick because you like my dick. Yeah. Not because you like... I mean, may, maybe they do. And I'm sure the person that I'm working with right now does, and they're great, and they're awesome. Mm-hmm. But, like, I can't be like, hey, do you really like... I you cannot ask that, because it ruins the mood. You have to let it... <laughs> You have to let it just be, but because of ableism and the way we treat disability, that's where my brain goes Mm -hmm. immediately to, like, do you, like, that's why I'm so big on the text, and, like, I want to build a rapport really fast so I can feel safe when I do this with this person.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay, I think it's about time to take a break. (laughs) (laughs) You're great, Andrew. Everyone, we're here with Andrew Gerzo, and we got more great content coming up in the second half. So ready. It's going to be so good. Hi everyone, I want to tell you a little bit about our sponsors for this episode. Our first sponsor is Oasis Aqua Lounge, a sex club located right here in Toronto at 231 Mutual Street. It is a body positive environment and they are shame and judgment free when it comes to pleasure and play. They're an inclusive and diverse venue, welcoming of all sexual orientations and gender identities. It's also a community hub for all sex-positive folks, educators, entertainments, and businesses. So thank you so much to Oasis Aqua Lounge for sponsoring this episode. Our second sponsor is Come As You Are. Come As You Are is an amazing sex shop that is founded here in Toronto, and it is located at comeasyouare.com. Come As You Are is a trans-owned, trans-operated, feminist, anti-capitalist sex shop that wants to give you the best products at the lowest price possible, and they're going to prove that to you by offering a 15% discount when you check out at comeasyouare.com using the coupon code BEDPOST. That's B-E-D-P-O-S-T when you visit comeasyouare.com. And our third sponsor for this episode is Unicorn Collaborators. Unicorn Collaborators is a business that has been running here in Toronto for about five years by two queer unicorns. They mostly make leather goods and they make everything from collars to cuffs to thigh harnesses to boot harnesses to the regular pelvis strap on harnesses that you've come to know and love unicorn collaborators is a body positive brand which means that they make products for all body types and if they don't have something in your size they're happy to make a custom piece just for you give them an email at unicorncollaborators at gmail.com follow them on social media or dm them for inquiries this week's sponsor is Lovecrafters Toys, a non gendered fantasy sex toy line that offers products like strap on compatible tentacle dildos, dragon egg ben balls, and squid butt plugs. These geeky and playful products are body safe and handmade using platinum grade silicone. And if you want to purchase these whimsical sex toys, check out the Lovecrafters Etsy shop or head on down to our full time sponsors website comeasyouare.com Hi everyone, we're back with the second half of the Bedpost podcast. I'm here with my fantastic guest Andrew Garza. Hey. Hello. <laughs> Um, Speaking of uh, your podcast, as we were just speaking about on the break, um, Disability After Dark. Yep. um, Tell me, is there like one that comes to mind that you would recommend for people, like one of your recent episodes that you just did? Yeah. What what are you doing right now with your podcast? There's
1: one. Well, right now I'm getting a lot of guests. I want a lot of guests because I'd like to hear their sexual experiences because I understand that I'm a cisgender white. Man with a lot of privilege. Yeah. So I want to hear from other communities who are also disabled right Like I like I like having guests because, as you know, like you could just sit there and just go like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. yeah, awesome, so like, good I love job. That. Yep. Mm-hmm. But I did one. I did one on my own a few weeks ago at some 105 where I called and I called it wheelbarrel sex, <laughs> and I talked about getting a new. I was up up in line for a new wheelchair. As you can see, the new wheelchair is sitting over there in the corner yep. is fucking broken. They gotta fix it. Fuck. But I was in line for a new wheelchairs. So I talked about like getting a new chair and what that process is like and how the government pays for things and all that stuff. And then I talked about when they brought me the new chair. The first thing I, I was looking at the new chair is okay. How am I gonna fucking this? And then I thought, why don't I look at like wheelchairs from the past, from like history, and like suggest. <laughs> how people might fuck in those chairs. So I, <laughs> so I look at, like, things like the wheel, wheelbarrows, because people had wheelchairs as wheelbarrows back in the day. Yeah, um, I look at, like, the king's chairs. I look at the fact that most people who used wheelchairs in the 15th and 16th century were nobility. So I, I said stuff like, hey, when you're fucking ass, you're fucking the king, the nobility. And you better bow down, because I'm the fucking king. So just ridiculous, ridiculous stuff like that on the podcast and so that was a really fun one because I I tried last year to start a history and disability podcast, mm. which unfortunately went nowhere because I got bored after one episode so I didn't do any <laughs> um, but I was like I can connect this love of history into this yeah. weird sex thing I do. Yeah. And it was a really fun way to put it together mm-hmm. that had never really been done before. So I love doing standalones like that. Like I also did I reviewed You've Got Mail, the, ro- the rom-com. And I was like, what if one of the main characters was disabled? And I talked to her like, there's a scene where she gets on the subway. And I was like, well, that wouldn't happen because <laughs> subways are shit when you're disabled. And so just just things, just going over, like, like hilarious pop culture stuff and infusing disability into it. And then, then the sex part has been really fun. Like, things, things, I mean, and I also do episodes where I'll review, like, the 10 best sex tips of your and I'll be like, great, but this person's not disabled, what if they were, how would this tip be ridiculous, how yeah. would it be inaccessible, like, stuff like that is really fun, because it makes people think about disability completely differently, and me saying, hey, why doesn't Cosmo have, like, the 10 best ways to fuck when you're disabled, like, uh, pointing that out to people, that they're like, oh, I never considered that before, mm-hmm. so those kind of episodes are really fun.
0: Why? Why don't you think that's that would be a Cosmo article? Because how the
1: fuck do you market disability? How do you how 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 do non-disabled people mm-hmm. market disability? Mm-hmm. I did a talk last week for the Idea Conference in Toronto, which is like a big media conference with people from all over all over like North America were there, big ad agencies were there, and I talked about marketing myself as a disabled person, and I was like, you need to hire disabled people from the start, and say how do we use them as consultants, pay them properly, and say, how, how do we market this? So why Cosmo hasn't done stuff like that is because nobody said, let's make it a regular thing. And even if they have done, I don't think they have, but if they have done, it's usually a one-off article that they'll print to be like, oh, look at us, we're so involved, and we know what we're talking about. And then you never see it again. My thing is, like, this needs to be a regular, consistent Content about disability, and so that's why I've mm-hmm. done it because it's not
0: your one article yeah. a year that you. It's not your, like, niche th- so you can call yourself diverse. Yeah, and you yeah. can say
1: we've hit diversity because we had one article about sex and disability. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For me, it's like with this podcast too. It's like I want something every week that is specifically related to hey, you're disabled and hey, you suck. Great, mm-hmm. let's have a, let's talk about that. Mm-hmm. So, which is tough to find content every week. I don't know what I'm going to do every week. That's why. <laughs> I end up being like, hey, if it was 1542, would you fuck like this?
0: Because also I feel like the tone of uh, pieces like that are probably, what are they, like novel, treating it like novelty? Or like
1: sex is for everybody. Or like, which I fucking hate. Because yo, sex, whether you're disabled or not, some sex is not for everybody. Yeah. Physically, mentally, emotionally. Some stuff is not accessible to everybody. So this whole idea of... And and another reason why you have to pair these two shows together is because you and Dick were talking earlier about (laughs) sex positivity. Um, And I hate that term with passion. Yeah, do you? I just don't connect to it. Because a lot of stuff that happens to me as a disabled person is not positive around sex. Right. It's pointedly negative, painful, real, Mm -hmm. like, tough... And so I refer to myself now as a sexual realist because I want to talk about all that stuff, but mm-hmm. I don't want to put a bow on it. Yes. And I think all these articles, like these one-off articles or these one-off shows, or even when uh, even when I had the sex party a couple years ago, the way the media treated that was like, oh, shock. Yes. Oh. And it was like, well, no, but this is what I do every day. Like, it's my fucking life, I mean, yeah. Don't be, please don't be shocked.
0: Yeah, I always have, I also have issues with like, sex should be fun or like, sex is fun and it's like, Okay.
1: Okay. What if Mm. I want to have sex because I want to feel my body? What if I want to have sex because I'm angry that my body doesn't work? What if I want you to suck my dick because I'm really sad right now and I just want you? I want to just have you do that so I feel better. And that's not fun, but it feels nice. But it's really
0: people have sex for so many reasons. I I, and I think fun is just such a generalizing. Mm term and like we were saying before kind of like whitewashing the complexities of sex and sexuality the realities of
1: sexuality sexuality are so much deeper and darker like that's why another reason why you have to pair these together that's why I love (laughs) talking with Dick Woon sitting here sitting weirdly crossed. (laughs) because we no and speaking of my favorite episodes like we did an episode early last early this this year where it we, was late last year was, was it? It was We recorded for it For his show we reco- For my for show For Andrew's show Oh okay We recorded it last year We right. did it yes. It came out this year It was the first one back after the holiday break And it got dark really fast Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, That's why I love like, I love that stuff Because sex and disability Can be dark Yes And really raw And tough And we got to talk about that stuff And so I And when I When I first started writing For HuffPost A lot of my pieces were like Sex can be sex and disability can be great and fun and blah blah because I wanted to get my audience used to that idea. But now, if you listen to my show, a lot of what I talk about is dark. Mm-hmm. It's tough. Like I did a whole, I did three episodes on why I have IBS and how having IBS and trying to fuck is super hard. Like, yeah. But that's the kind of stuff I love because that's where the humor lies. That's where the reality lies and disability. Mm-hmm. Disability and indifference allow for that to flourish.
0: Yeah, I have... Yeah, I also like doing that uh, on the stage show. I love throwing in, like, a, a, a painful set. Like, the, just in the middle of, like, all this performative type stuff. There's, like, burlesque and drag and, like, sexy storytelling. And then someone comes on and talks about, like, sex after a stroke. Like, talks about you know I love you probably know who that was yeah (laughs) Clary H and like yeah on the podcast also like uh, some people will kind of say okay well your episodes are usually kind of light and funny but my story is kind of not that and I'm like I love that please like please come and tell your story like yeah we talk about abortion we talk about PCOS we talk about it's, sexual assault rape yeah. like yeah the whole gamut cuz that's all part of it it creates a round picture
1: yeah totally
0: yeah and sexual realist i like that it's, when i think of like sexual positivity for me that term to, i
1: think of white ladies oh a, no white ladies in the chapters with their, like, best, like, their, like, best
0: friends. I'll never have,
1: use this term again. And they have, like, no problems, <laughs> and their lives are good, and they're, like, cheating on all their rich husbands with the other men, and they're calling it cheating because, oh, my God, polyamory is scary. Yeah. And so they're
0: like, I'm... Or it sex- just doesn't exist. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. I'm sex positive. Yeah! And it's like, oh, God, no. <laughs> like, no. Like, that's my... F- and I, Like, uh, people have told me that it's been born out of, like, women's oppression, and that's where the term came from, and I get all that. But it never really... That doesn't ever ring true when I hear people talk about it. It always feels really calculated and if it's like a buzzword we're using to like gloss over shit that's when I'm like I don't want to gloss over to this that's yeah why.
0: I agree with you that like when I use that phrase I don't I'm not actually dissecting the actual words that we're using like the but what I mean by that phrase is like that you just have kind of a judgment-free outlook on sex Essentially, that's what yeah. I mean when I use sex positivity, it's, but I totally, yeah, I totally get what you're I, saying, and no, that it's I, like, I a get, sex is fun thing, yeah, which bothers me, so, yeah. yeah. And I get what you're
1: saying, too, but I think, I think to say that sex is judgment-free is...
0: It's also a little aspirational, so long, isn't it? Like, yeah, yeah.
1: Because I consider myself pretty open, but like, I, I'll be honest, there are moments in my sex... Life, where I'm like, oh
0: yeah, I'm gonna. I have
1: feelings about that. I'm gonna project them onto you right now, <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> which I love. I mean, uh, so okay. I guess maybe. What do people know before getting down with a person that's disabled?
1: What do they? What do they need to know? Like, what, what,
0: what? should they be made aware of so they don't? So they're not total assholes.
1: Be ready to be a total asshole. Yeah. Be ready to be ableist. Be ready to say something inappropriate. Be ready. Like, own that. Yeah. And then go from there. Because no matter what book you read, no matter who you ask, no matter... Like, if you to your friends say, hey, you fuck this stale person, they're going to tell you one story. But it doesn't matter because you're in the moment. Be ready to be completely... Be ready to swallow your foot. Yeah. And that's okay. Is
0: it? And it's okay. Well, if you and own you it. Can, and you if can... If you
1: own it from the beginning. If you pretend, like, you're holier than thou and you're so above Then there's no hope for you. And you've done all the work, and you have disabled friends, so therefore you can't be ableist. Like, fuck you. I'm a disabled person, and yo, I can be ableist, too. Right. Like, just be aware that you don't know anything. Be aware that it's... Be aware that the person you're you're having sex with has probably done this a million times, and they're probably having anxiety around it, and they might just want to get off, and they might never want to see you again, and they want to just enjoy their moment, or they might have... Like me, they might want to be your best friend right after, or <laughs> they want you to stay around forever because loneliness is real. Uh, <laughs> but they, you know, our culture doesn't allow for us to be like, hey, do you want to hang out again? Mm-hmm. And especially in queer male fuck culture, it's like, I dropped five loads on you, but like, goodness me, I can't be your friend. Yeah. Like, I fucked you all night. And I but how
0: taboo is it for me to, like, yeah,
1: like oh my goodness, call I you get to know
0: the next you. day? Like, what? Oh, gross. That, yeah, yeah, like, yeah.
1: And for me as a disabled person, that intimacy and that bond um, is really important because yeah. it means when I have sex with you, I feel safe. Mm-hmm. As a disabled body person, I feel safe. Like, if I, the people that I sleep with now, I have a bond. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, when I was with somebody recently and they said, Do you trust me? And I have never been. Harder, faster, and they were like, you? And I was like, "Yes, I do," because I actually did, and I felt safe. Um, and it's very rare for me in sexual spaces, even though I'm safe, I don't feel safe because I'm waiting for them to leave. I'm waiting for them to be like, "This is too much." That's a really scary feeling mm-hmm. because they, at any point, usually they're they're more able-bodied than I am, so at any point they can get up and go. Mm-hmm. But I'm stuck with all the feelings, mm-hmm. so. When I finally did feel safe to let go the other time with that partner, it was like, Okay, this is this is really good. This is it. And this it was, is where it's at. As a disabled person, that was a really that was a moment of like I feel empowered to be loud, to be disgusting, to be to be all the things that we're not supposed to be. But the minute he said Do you trust me and I said yes, it's like adore. like achievement unlocked.
0: Like, <laughs> yeah, like, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> what happens when somebody's being ableist in the bedroom? Like what <sighs>
1: I just think it's, I think it lingers way longer because you're in your most vulnerable, you're naked, you've brought them into the space which not very many people get to experience. In my case, my body is touched and poked and prodded and moved and, and cleaned by people everyday. I consent to it because I don't have a choice, mm-hmm. but I don't actually consent to it. I say yes because I want to get up, but this, and sexuality is like, this is my moment to be my totally myself, and so when someone says to are ableist, it's like, Oh. And it lingers more because it sits in your brain because you, you share that with them. It's when they do something inappropriate, it's like, oh no. Like, but at the same token, if it's a joke and I accept that, like it, that's why I love getting people to make uncomfortable disability jokes because if I'm laughing with you about the fact that I'm disabled and we're right. laughing together and I've given you permission to laugh at me with me, it's really, it, it makes things so much better. Like, I have someone that I know. And so when I have no, who they call me a vegetable and it's ridiculously funny and it's so inappropriate and I know that and I don't care and it's so funny and, like, I, it, it shows me that they give a shit about my experience.
0: Mm-hmm. What are, like, the right questions to ask? What are the right things to say? There are
1: no right things. Yeah. The only right thing you say is, I'm going to be ableist during this interaction.
0: <laughs> and I'm sorry. Yeah. And, and help, help me. Yeah. Or, you know what? <laughs>
1: Or you say like, "Hey, I noticed you're disabled," or "I noticed you mentioned you have invisible disabilities because some visible some disabilities, disabilities are small. not visible at all." So, like if somebody if somebody mentions that in a speech or at the bar or somewhere, yeah. and you overhear it and you want to get to know them, you can say like, "You can say like, Can you ch- can can you tell me about your disability because I want to fool around with you. I think you're cute. I want to know what to do.'" And then the disabled person has the agency to be like. You know what? I don't feel like teaching you right now. Right? But, uh, yeah,
0: yeah, I'm, yeah. It's not your obligation yeah. to educate people.
1: But if I want to get down down with you, then, then, I'll then maybe. Like, yeah, even sure, maybe.
0: Yes. Yeah, sit down. It, pull it up a chair. Gives, <laughs> yeah.
1: But it gives the disabled person the the the, the, the power back mm. to say, you know what? I don't want to. I don't want to, or yes, I do. Oh, so much of our bodies are policed by non-disabled people. I can't even tell you the number of times I've been in an elevator stall. Or in an elevator bank. And someone will say to me, like, hey, what happened to you? Uh, uh, what? Or, like, hey, does, your, does it, like, all work down there in, like, random, really innocuous places? And it's, like, did I give you permission to go there? No. Yeah. So, like...
0: So, like, asking, can I ask
1: you... Yeah, and if the disabled person is having a super time
0: Can I ask you about your disability? Yeah. And you can be, like, not today. Yeah. Or am I going to get a kiss out of this?
1: <laughs> yeah, like, what are you going to do? What I would play with it and be like, hey, what if I tell you? What are you going to do with me? <laughs> like, Will you get on your knees and suck me off right here <laughs> then... before? Will you? Because if, if, if I tell you, if I, no, but it, it also means, like, I'm letting you into a world that you don't ever know about. So, like, by me saying yes, it's a huge privilege. Yeah,
0: yeah. You just made me lose a bet with myself. Uh, just uh, So, I started a, a timer 10 minutes ago, and I was like, I don't think you can go more than 10 minutes without talking about dick-sucking. <laughs> <laughs> and, at, and, at, and at 10 minutes and 25 seconds, you, you mentioned it again. You beat me by 25 fucking seconds.
1: Yes, incredible. <laughs> incredible.
0: So, I'm so Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Can I ask what... Not to like sugarcoat it because no, I definitely I, don't want to do that. But it I want to. <laughs> I'll
1: break, it. Oh, I'll break it. It <laughs> right through. Right? Yeah, yeah. You,
0: you'll fucking. What are your favorite moments? Uh, your favorite sex moments. Like, what's your favorite thing to do? You know what? what gets you excited? And I, you
1: know what? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna just fucking go for it. I love eating ass. <laughs> so,
0: much. so much. I
1: cannot tell you. How really cathartic a hot dude sitting in my face and me going to fucking town because I don't have to do anything. Yeah, I have to move my body. I don't have to contort. I have to open my mouth. That's it. It's like one move. Like, I'm okay with that. Like that's that's literally my favorite thing. And and that way you know I, I know that I can provide pleasure to somebody that way. Yes. with that, And that gets me off. Like a like, no
0: pressure type of a situation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This one worked. This yeah, one feels...
1: This will be... Nobody will not like this. It's <laughs> sick. And like... And then I also like it when... Like I love pressure. I love when people... Because I can't move in bed and because I'm in what I refer to as the dead turtle position. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I love it when an able-bodied top will put their weight on me mm-hmm. and just hold it there yeah. doesn't have to be doing anything doesn't have to be doesn't even have to be sexual, just hold me there because mm. the pressure feels really nice
0: yeah kind of like a swaddling yeah. kind of a yeah it feels I get that
1: really really nice yeah I also I love body hair I love like smells I like yes. like the partner I'm with a lot right now has a really distinct smell and I We'll say to him before our sessions are done, like, "Hey, can you just
0: Not rub that
1: pillow, like, over?" No, before he leans over, like, "Can you just rub that pillow over your body for me?" Because I'm, I'm gonna, anyway, I'm gonna like, want
0: it later. Yeah, <laughs> I'm
1: <gonna do> <laughs> like, so that kind of stuff, and really, like, owning that I'm a giant slut. I like, yes, to be, I like to be spin on. I like to be hit.
0: Yeah, yeah, like you the, a little kinky. All this yeah. stuff
1: that I never thought I'd get to experience because people are afraid that I'm fragile, right? So right. Me and this partner, we messed around with, like... He hit me, not hard, but, like,
0: in a, a l- sexy way. A love tap. Yeah, and yeah. It was,
1: it, I never, i never ever experienced that. And there was a moment of, like... Oh! Do it again! <laughs> and so, like... I love my nipples being tweaked to the point where it hurts. Like I like Oh yeah. Alright, really like you like a little I'm bit really of really in well, you just open the fucking plug and <laughs> yeah. like, I'm really into all that stuff because I don't ever get to experience that. My body, typically when you're being treated with by a care worker, they're taught It's
0: like you know, you're like, made of glass. Really
1: yeah. And which, believe me, in some aspects that's a great way to be trained. But in those moments when I'm with this person, I get to be loud, I get to be aggressive, I get to be Especially in working with sex workers, and why I really appreciate what they do is because we've talked, and obviously, there's an understanding, and I, I obviously, i want wanting to consent to everything, and like, oh, but they know why, they know what the session is. Yeah. They, know, they
0: know the general wheelhouse. Yeah. so of... I get
1: to be really aggressive with somebody and not feel shame for feeling that, and not for saying, like, do you want to just lie here and make out for an hour because I want to be held today? Or do, do you, like, let's not even have sex. Do you want to just go walk around and be together? Like, for me, hiring sex workers, and it's weird that I keep bringing it back to that, but I think it's really
0: I think it's great. Crucial. It's fucking important work. Yeah. They're I, doing a service. Yeah.
1: But also, so, like, in the same vein, they're not saving me from myself. No, no. They are. I, I, ha- I decided to start working with sex workers because I could... Because I, then I could get what I wanted. Out yeah, of,
0: it's a no strings attached like
1: out of sex. Um, I could finally I didn't have to wait for some asshole on grinder to decide that I was
0: good enough. worthy enough. enough. Yeah. yeah,
1: I could be like, look, I have the dollars. Do you, I
0: would like, love to get late tonight? Yeah. Let's fucking Do make it happen.
1: But also, like, I'll say to the people that I work with, like, I just want to be friendly with you. I want to. I understand that you're a person. Like, yeah. people have said to me, oh, just call it. Like, call your regulars up and let let them know you want a session right now like that's not how this works yeah like they're humans I don't I don't expect them to drop
0: their lives everything
1: they're doing because I'm disabled and have blue balls right now yes I want them to feel like when you're in my home and you're a sex partner of mine whether it's a sex partner or a dude off an app it's important that you feel you feel wanted there but I'm also learning that it's okay for me to feel wanted too yeah of course and that's been hard for me because I spend so much time giving so much to able-bodied people to make sure they're comfortable. Yeah, emotional
0: it. labor. Yeah. yeah.
1: I'm learning now to learn how to be, like, what does Andrew want? Oh, Andrew wants this, like, Andrew wants to be subby. So, like, the, the sex workers that I work with, no, like, I say, take charge with me. Like, B, don't give me choices. Just, just, just use my butt. Like, And also... <laughs> use my butt! Like, also, I want them, I want them to feel... I have a really hard time because so many people I have sex with, whether they're a sex worker or whoever, often want to give me pleasure because then they've done a the service to me. Like murdered. Like, mm, martyred yeah, kind of... Yeah, but I want to I hear you moan my name too. Like, <laughs> I want to get off on you getting off on me. Like, and so many people forget that, like, that...
0: That element. Yeah, like,
1: that, that's that. another thing we were talking earlier about, like, what gets me off that. If I know you're actually enjoying yourself... And it's rare. Nothing that I, better. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's rare that I get to know that because in queer male sex culture, whether you're a disabled or not, we don't, we don't, we don't emote our sexual emotions. It's a quiet. Like it came in silence, and it was great. Whereas, like,
0: yeah, when I get an emotive, like audibly emotive male, I'm like, Woo, thing. I'm doing okay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. It's rare. It's totally rare. Um, I hate to say this, but we got to be wrapping up. All right. <laughs> Andrew, are you able to tell the folks listening at home or on the bus or wherever they are?
1: I hope where you're on the bus I... listening to me wanting to eat at <laughs> for like 20 <laughs> I hope you're on the TTC right now <laughs> listening to like me say, I want to do to sit on my face. <laughs> and if any dudes out there listening, come sit on my face, <laughs> So,
0: if there's any dudes that want to sit on your face, where can Dude. they find you? Where they, can they listen to all your awesome stuff? They can go to <laughs>
1: Andrew Gerza on Twitter.
0: Yep.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, AndrewGerza.com is my website, which I just had updated. Yay! Um, disability After Dark on all the places. Subscribe, iTunes, any other podcatcher. But seriously, leave reviews because I'm one of two podcasts that I know that do. Sexuality and disability stuff consistently—that shit needs to change. Yeah. So please subscribe to that. Dark on the Twitter for the podcast. Um, new pod. Your new podcast. The new podcast is when I was a disabled kid. The it, one episode came out yesterday. Awesome. So excited! Can't wait to hear it. Uh, disabled kid pod on Twitter for that. Um, mm-hmm. all the places. Just type in Andrew Gerza. You'll probably see my dick somewhere. Because <laughs> like. There are naked shots of me on the view. Like I, I, don't fucking care. Here's my, here's my giant penis. Here you go. Um, <laughs> only probably see it somewhere. <laughs> just type it in and you'll, you'll
0: go straight to my stuff. Great. Okay. Um, if you are in Toronto and want to check out the Bed Post sex show, the stage show, we're the third Friday of every month at Social Capital Theater at 8 and the last Tuesday of every month at Super Wonder at 9. Uh, if you are listening to this podcast on a podcasting app, please leave a rating and reviewing because, as Andrew said, it goes a really long way to our uh, businesses. If you are listening, you will also hear original music by Stephanie Copeland. You can find her at stephcopelandmusic.com I love to give a shout out to all the other podcasts on my podcasting network The Sonar Network. You can check out our website, thesonarnetwork.com And uh, last but not least, I mean a huge thank you to my guest. Uh, Thanks so much for having me in your studio, Andrew. (laughs) It's so
1: fun. I fucking love you. (laughs) The feeling is so mutual.
0: <laughs> so mutual. And thank you to everyone who's listening on uh, to us talk about eating ass on the TTC. We will hear you next week. Bye. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar.